0: I'm here today with Edward McQuiston. Hello.
1: Hi. <laughs> Afternoon.
0: Afternoon. So we're in my house. It's um, what day is it today? It's Wednesday. a Wednesday. Yes, it's a Wednesday, and it's actually very nice to have Edward here.
1: Yeah, but it's not very nice outside.
0: No, it isn't. It's it's quite cold outside. It's and, squally. And. Blowy, which I hate. Squally. Squally. Mm. So, yeah, Edward's quite an interesting chap, I've always thought. Married to a, a very dear friend of mine, which is one of the reasons that I thought it would be fun for you also to um, learn a little bit about, about his life. I don't know much about your life, to be honest. I know a little bit about how what a good cook you are. Wow. Well, I've been told. Wow. I don't think I've, that sounds like I, a hint. That no, sounds like I an invitation. Maybe I have sampled your cooking you at have. some point. yeah. Yeah. Uh, but Anne does rave about your cooking.
1: She's a pretty good cook too. I know. We like our food. We you like do. our food.
0: You do, and you have four children. Yes. Who are all extremely good eaters.
1: And pretty good cooks too. Are they, they really? They are all pretty handy in the kitchen. Yeah. All of them. Yeah.
0: Wow. Not so handy
1: on the washing up, but they're pretty handy on the on the on the cooking front. Yeah.
0: And did tell me that you had set up some sort of washing up roster this summer.
1: Uh, we've done that several times. It lasts about three days. <laughs>
0: Does it really? Then it
1: reverts to type. Does it?
0: Does it? Do they actually do it?
1: Some of them do. Some are better than others, but uh, we're not naming names. That's no so No naming funny. and shaming here.
0: So tell me, well, start at the beginning. Where were you born?
1: Um, I was born in a place called Petersham, which is in southwest London, between Richmond and Kingston. Um, Many, many, many years ago. Um, we I'm, won't ask I, you I'm, how I'm many exactly. But. I'm the youngest of four. Um, my eldest brother is four and a half years older than me and there are no twins, so go figure. Okay. My parents were busy.
0: Yeah.
1: I'm one yeah. of four. And we're all, we're all pretty close, actually. We're all pretty close. Yeah.
0: Close as in, as in apart from in age...
1: Yeah, you no, get but on. we we you get, get, on, on, we get well. on. It's a great legacy of my parents. We we get on with each other pretty well, and we stay in regular touch. I'm, I speak to my sister and my other two brothers, um, once a week, usually once a week, once every ten days or so.
0: That's great because they live. Obviously, they live away.
1: Yep, they're, they're, uh, my my eldest brother lives in France, although he's with my sister at the moment, following on from the Christmas period, and my sister and my middle brother live in live in the UK.
0: How oh, nice! I know that you go on holidays to the, to the where somewhere walking in the hills. Yeah, my, look-
1: my my ne- my next older brother Ivan. He um, he and I we go on walking holidays each sort of midsummer June June July. Um, we've done things like the South Downs Way, cliff cliff top paths in in Devon, um, and on Dartmoor. And we're planning this year's trip, which looks as though it might be, might be, in in Scotland and in. in uh, Either around the Trossachs Loch Lomond side, or um, see if we can bag a monroe or two. Ooh. That looks really interesting, and Beautiful. we'll bring my bring my sister along because she's providing the accommodation.
0: Oh, so, good! So, so added be good. added benefit there.
1: Added, added benefit, yeah.
0: So growing up was fun with 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 three siblings in a yeah. in a happy household.
1: Yeah, it had its moments, <laughs> but uh, like all families, but yeah. uh, no, it was it was pretty stable, and the stable influence was was our mother um Mm -hmm. who worked in in Wimbledon I went to school in Wimbledon initially and then went to boarding school um down in Sussex yeah and um yeah my mother was very much the the grounding influence on all of us actually um big big uh big person in our lives
0: Good. So, yeah. so you went to boarding school, and then obviously you went to, to study at university. Then went to
1: university up in Scotland. And where
0: uh, did you, what did you study? I
1: studied economics and marketing. In Scotland. In Strathclyde in Glasgow.
0: In, wow. And,
1: and uh, I took like? well, I took a, a gap year in between school and university, um, determined to go out and. Um, and party. Well, no, it was, it was I just wanted to go out and see the world. I, I caught the travelling bug. I was late to travel. But I, I, I only went on. A, I think the first plane I ever went on, I was 14 years old. Gosh. Because so my father worked in the Middle East, and um, went to visit him, and, and then would go on to other places because where he was working in Kuwait was just such a dump. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, did you
0: ever go to Kuwait? To visit oh, him?
1: several times, but it just there was just nothing, 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 nothing to no. recommend it really. Hmm. It was. Um, Anyway, so we, we moved on to, to other places and we used to go on holiday to places like Singapore and Thailand and places like that. And and within that it opened up a whole new world of mm. of excitement and adventure. So I decided to pursue that after I left School, took a year out, um, worked for three months and then jumped on a plane with an open ticket and went to New Zealand first. Wow. Where through the most tenuous of, of, of connections and relationships, I managed to land a job on a, on a sheep farm for about <laughs> six, six or eight weeks. Seriously. Um, and I'd... then jumped from another one onto working on a potato farm. You know, these are the things you do. Gosh. Um, and in those days, pre-internet, pre-mobile phones and so forth, I was away for about nine months and I think I sent one postcard home <laughs> and I think there was a... <laughs> I think there was a, a phone call around about Christmas.
0: One phone call?
1: Yeah. Gosh, and that was weren't it.
0: they a bit angry with you? Uh, no, no. It kind uh, of let you get on with it.
1: My mother was of the, was of the view um, that, you know, it's it's up to him. You know, there's nothing yeah, I can do, 8,000, 10,000 miles away. Makes you tough. Well, I suppose it's different. And and um, then I went from New Zealand to Australia, and um, my aunt lives in Australia in Sydney. Stayed with her for about two or three weeks and then, um, again, through another tenuous contact, got another job in another um, cattle cattle station out in western New South Wales, which was um, interesting, but on uh, in a very, very different scale. And they had had no rain there for four years. Ooh. And it was dust. Gosh. And I said, don't worry.
0: Where was so that in Australia? This
1: was western New South Wales, out, out of, near a town called Orange, um and i said don't worry because the, the rain has followed me everywhere i've been and within about a week the rain fell <sighs> mm-hmm. and i've never you know, to see grown men cry and rolling around in the mud just joy joyous
0: because it hadn't rained because for such they, a long time. Well,
1: they were losing their livelihoods yeah, and everything yeah. and within about again within literally days all the dust had turned to greenery as all the, the seeds, which had laid dormant for years, just started to come What out. an
0: experience! So that, that
1: was interesting. Yeah, 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 sure. And then I got another job up in another station, um, up all, in Western New all, South or Western Queensland.
0: All the jobs were kind of outdoors.
1: Yeah, all farming jobs.
0: All farming.
1: Yeah, and they weren't. They didn't pay. That was it. Was basically board and keep. Well, that's okay. But I wanted the experience. Yeah. Um, and it it just confirmed quite quickly that, that was not the career path for me.
0: Yeah, I mean you were gonna study economics, so you had that coming up.
1: Possibly. And it yeah, was gonna yeah, be yeah, a job yeah.
0: in, in an office probably
1: Maybe so. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you never know. And it's a young young, carefree um person, single man. Yeah, you you as just you look, were. Yep, you look and um, you're always on the on the lookout to seeing where the opportunities are, but you know yeah.
0: Well you did all right. You so ended it's all right. up you ended up doing your degree and then at some point you got your Gibraltar connection with... Well, yeah,
1: that came... Um, so, finished university, moved out Well, came back to London, um, working in one company for a year and then got another job working in a, in a newspaper in London um, where I'd been about a year um, and um, a mutual friend introduced, Anna and I, and... Um, and that was it? Well, no, it took longer, but I went... <laughs> I'm just a bit. Longer. I'm very slow on the uptake on oh, these things. Dear. But anyway, well, you, we, we we got together and started going out, and and, yeah. and, and, uh, and that when, was all good. When you started
0: going out with Anna, you were you were working for a newspaper. Yes. In London.
1: In London. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You,
0: can you say which one? Yeah, it
1: was the FT. It was the FT on the commercial side, and on how, the publishing side. Yeah. And
0: how? What was that like working for a big?
1: great because it was a it was a you know obviously a, a very well known a very highly regarded um, newspaper part of a bigger group called Pearson um, and what
0: was your job and there?
1: my my uh, my job there was in in ad sales um, but it was you uh, you go and develop relationships with with um, a lot of financial institutions, you know, their marketing budgets to sell unit trusts and, I don't know, all sorts of um, very esoteric things I didn't understand. Mm. Um, but going and and uh, sitting down with marketing directors at these big banks and securities houses.
0: Must have been um, quite, that was quite interesting. That
1: was quite a challenging job. Yeah. Um, uh, the, the paper helped, but um, also they, they gave you training and support and so forth. Um, and they had a network of offices around the world um, and a network of print sites around the world importantly and um, uh, I'd, I'd done some Japanese as part of my degree as a sort of a sideline and still had an interest in things like that and they'd opened up a, a print site one of many um, in the late 80s um, in Tokyo Wow. Um, to extend the, the sales of the newspaper and they wanted to nurture and develop staff and so forth so um, in a tie-up with the European Commission, which supported um, training people in to learn Japanese, um, I, I took a, an eighteen-month sabbatical from the newspaper to go um, on this European scheme, which is still running actually. Um, and I was one of uh, forty-two European business people who who went to Japan to learn Japanese full-time for 12 months and then six months in a Japanese company. And wow. then I went back to work for the FT in their Tokyo office. <coughs> wow. So, so that was, was pretty cool. It was extraordinary. Because you just,
0: was, you had a young a wife and a... Well, we weren't married at mar-
1: that. When, when we went home, we'd, we, Anna and I had been going out for about a year and um... Uh, it was something I was very, very curious about, very committed to doing. It was quite a long, drawn-out process in terms of the selection to get on this um, uh, EU programme. Mm. Um, I think we got the go-ahead. We got the acceptance in about January. We moved... I moved in April, 91. Anna came out in about September because she was still working for the paper in those days.
0: And you were living in Japan? And
1: we were living in Tokyo. In Tokyo? In the centre of Tokyo, yeah. Which is an extraordinary.
0: What, what I see, I've seen quite a few documentaries on on living in Japan, traveling around Japan. Yeah, it looks such a weird country to. It is. It is. Visit.
1: It's it's incredibly stimulating. It's a very dynamic city, an enormous city.
0: What's the What's the most incredible thing about it for you?
1: Um, or
0: the or the weirdest
1: thing? At the time, just just. Obviously, the language and the the fact is, I mean, when Anna first arrived. Um, we spent some time, you know, about a week or two going on holiday just to get her, sort of to find her feet and so forth, but then I had to go back and do my studies every day and, and so forth, and she was left you know, to, to learn <laughs> learn and uh, learn and find her way around the local neighbourhood and we were living in a Japanese neighbourhood and um, it's not like walking down the street where you can read the street signs and read no. the shop signs and you know, alright, oh, that's a shop that sells clothes or that's a shop that sells jewellery, you know, you'd walk past a shop and you'd look in the window and you think what on earth do they do? <laughs> And she came back, there were a few occasions she came back in, in the in the early early days and weeks where she'd come back from the supermarket thinking she bought, I don't the, know, fruit this... juice and milk and it was actually, you know, washing soda or things like that. Because all have... the packaging and everything is in Japanese.
0: Yes, you can't make head or tail of it. No. You and can't you... buy lots of Kit cats in different flavors. Oh, they, they
1: have Kit Kats, but, um, you know, <laughs> they have their local varieties and things. But everything is in, in written in the local... And the local script, and it takes time to learn. Did you ever? W-
0: were you ever able to work it out?
1: Yeah, because I was learning a language. I had but, the benefit. <laughs>
0: so you could work it out. And now, do you still? Do you still? You lose keep it a up lot. A little? No,
1: you lose a lot. You lose a lot. But mm-hmm. I mean, in in the twelve months at the school. I was um, you're learning the reading the writing and the conversation the conversation is relatively easy straightforward because mm. it's it's totally phonetic, a bit like Spanish in that respect okay. um, but the reading and writing is is really is, is complicated
0: oh I know but
1: um, but it, no it was a very but, stimulating time to be there
0: yeah and you had your first child was born in Japan
1: Our first child yeah we so we got, we got married and then George um, was born in Aiku in Aiku hospital near in Tokyo. In Tokyo. Um, and very traditional Japanese method of doing, sort of quite Victorian. They don't give pain relief. Oh God! Because um, they believe it all helps the bonding oh. between the mother and the child. Really? The best they'll give you is gas, that and that's um, been horrendous. And it was quite a long Poor delivery. Anna. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. And were you able to see the birth or not? Do they allow yeah. that? They do uh, allow that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah okay. Was that? Was that? Yeah. Gosh, um, and, uh, so that
0: must have been quite a challenge I mean, a young was, family, a little was. baby we were,
1: we, we were very young Miles um,
0: away from everybody yeah, else yeah,
1: yeah, and no, no real have, support mechanism Did you have
0: any friends? Were you, were you friends with any of these other people that Well, had that's gone the thing, we,
1: we moved out there and you had your instant sort of um, uh, friend network was created for you because yeah. there were 42 other people I did I knew all of them but you'd fr- make friends obviously with the Brits and and people from other other European countries um, there were a couple of Spaniards who we, we were very friendly with as well and mm. some French and a couple of Germans so uh, you'd meet up and that that really helped a lot because um, it wasn't just the the friendship element you'd learn about their cultures and their interests and their businesses as well um, so it was a very very interesting time to be there, and then after that, leaving leaving the, uh, the the traineeship with the EU, and then going back into back into work for the FT back in Tokyo. Yeah, again a challenge because we had a lot of staff there, all local staff. Yeah, um, we had one expat manager uh, or director who spoke well, spoke bar Japanese, you know, but um, in terms of the day to day really uh, had had a a pretty superficial understanding of what went on on a, on a day-to-day basis mm. and understanding the politics and things and there, there were all sorts of interesting things that having having um a facility with the language you understand a lot more about what goes on and why when i first started there he didn't really want me there because he thought saw me as a potential threat because because oh, I, I could well, understand the japanese okay and it took um it took several months, maybe six months or so, before he could see that actually I was an asset and I wasn't there to usurp him. I wasn't there sort of like a cuckoo in the nest. I was there as a, for him as a, as, a, as a source of enriching his source of information, not just within the company, mm. but also within many of the client relationships that the company had there. Um, and that to the point that when I left um, and we were reassigned to go and work in, work in Madrid he sent me a, a really really nice um, sort of um, thank you letter of of what an asset I've been to the to the film oh, um, nice and we and we're still you know we, we we speak to each other about four or five times a year now he mm. still goes out to japan he's got a, a japanese girlfriend his wife sadly died soon after we left um, but he's got a japanese girlfriend at the grand old age he's 70 73 74 years so old that's now. great
0: that you still yeah. keep in touch with him mm. so you had fun in japan it was it was good while it you know you were there you
1: four years yeah four years yeah
0: made the most of it
1: yeah yeah i'd like to go I haven't been back but i'd like to go back yeah yeah not to live but to, just to go and visit
0: well, for sure i'd love to and the kids too. would
1: like to go back particularly for georgia sure. was born there of course do you remember
0: anything about no, it? At he, all? He, no, he was six months. He was, living, he was six months yeah. old when we left. And yeah. then you went to live in Madrid.
1: And then we went straight to Madrid, which and was gosh, that must have been a
0: culture shock for me. It one... was a
1: huge culture shock
0: yeah. because
1: I didn't speak any Spanish. Yeah, at all. <laughs> and and my default, uh, the way my brain works, I don't know about anybody else's, but whenever somebody asked me a question in Spanish, I would default to Japanese and get this very strange reaction, to the yes. point where once I. In the early early weeks of living in Madrid, I was walking down Paseo de, de, de la Castellana, and I was stopped by a couple of Japanese people who asked me in quite good spanish if i knew the waiter somewhere and i replied to him <laughs> in, in japanese. japanese and then he <laughs> fell over they were so shocked how funny um
0: so your japanese is quite good
1: it used to be but again if you you're not like a, a muscle if it. you're not using it you lose it and i'm not yes. saying it's gone completely but i, I can speak you can a defend bit here yourself. i can speak a bit here and there but i think mm-hmm. if i went back I'd, I'd certainly get my nose back into the books again and see if i could um I'm you know sure. polish on my vocabulary and things sure. you know so, Madrid was fun? Madrid? I mean, Madrid great place was, to live. Madrid was in, I mean, this is in 95 we arrived. Mm. So it was just a, a there was a, a huge change going on in, in Spanish culture at the time because it was a sort of the birth of ASNAR after 20 years or nearly 20 years of 18 years of, um, of Felipe González and the socialists. Um, Spain had only been in the EU for 10 years or so. And you had a lot of new, young, hopeful. People about you know bright new future being part of Europe. It was a really exciting time to be part of Madrid, or be part be part of Spain. And and Madrid is just such a it's a great just series. such a lovely lovely yeah. city.
0: Yeah.
1: You know. Um, so we had three three good years there. That was really yeah. enjoyable. And another baby. And uh, <laughs> another another baby, Nicholas, who was who was although, uh, yeah, although we were living in Madrid, he was actually born here in Gibraltar, and I came down for the birth. And well, the one birth I'd missed, actually, I didn't, didn't get here in time.
0: Oh, dear. Did you, really?
1: Mm, I missed the flight the day before. Well, then I came down the following day and he'd been born overnight, or oh. early in the morning. Early well, in the morning so.
0: These so, things happen.
1: Yeah, in the old St Bernard's. And then, so, two kids in Madrid, um, and at the time, the block we were living in, right, quite close to the, to, to the Retiro, a nice block, but most of the people we lived who lived in our block were at least 10 years older than us at least mm-hmm. 10 years old we were we were we were sort of very of the, the oddball couple um because we had two young children and, and we were, were living old? in quite a shishi place well to me we thought it was just regular but yeah um but it was because it's so difficult with with the lack of job opportunities in spain and that hasn't really changed people not getting a permanent job they can't get on with their lives they can't They can't save money. They can't put down a deposit. You know, it's Mm, it's it's it's, it's a few things haven't really changed in Spain over the last twenty years.
0: Mm.
1: You know, and then
0: yeah, yeah. So Madrid was quite an experience. I mean, you enjoyed it. Did you find it hard with the two young kids, though? Uh, You know, babies are always. It's always quite a struggle. Well, yes and no, but learning Spanish. Yeah, yeah,
1: but yes and no, but equally, you know, uh, the nice thing about about spain in particular compared to the uk is that everything re- revolves around the family and, yeah, and you know kids are because they are viewed as being the future the future society kids can do no wrong in spain so you can go into restaurants you can go into They're bars with the kids out. and it doesn't yeah, matter yeah. 20 years ago, it's changed a bit now in the uk but if you turned up with a baby or or a child in a pub 20 years ago in the UK, you'd be you'd get you know <laughs> just out. well you wouldn't get kicked. No, not might quite. Might not get kicked out, but, not quite, you, but you could hear a pin drop because everyone would stop talking and look at you mm. as if to say, "What are you doing in here with a child?" Mm. It was just ridiculous.
0: So eventually, you moved back
1: to. So chip. then we, we well we moved back to the UK. Um, I had to change ship and um, parted company with a paper. Um, they wanted me to do something I didn't want to do. So left the paper, changed ship, um, reinvented myself, working for a company in the UK, and um, was doing that for um, about three years. Um, and then um, in two thousand and three, we we moved down. We decided to move down here. Yeah, over the summer we decided to move. And we made, the, we made the leap actually the week before Christmas 2003. We made the decision in the summer. We came to, in the in the half term in November, we came to look at schools and so forth and accommodation. And then we thought, if we're going to do it, if we're going to make that change, um, we'd been exploring it over the summer. And then we thought, actually, it, it could be possible. Um, schooling, obviously, an important thing. Um and then we decided if we're going to do it, we'll get on with it. So we moved the week before Christmas, 2003. Wow. Um, rather than wait for the whole of the end of the year, academic year, because mm. we thought, well, if we wait, then we may never do it. We thought, well, you've know, we got was, the motivation.
0: What was it like after travelling around? Well, for you, it was different because you'd never lived in gym.
1: It, so was, suppose- it was different, but equally, you know, having lived in other countries and having lived in the UK for three or four or five, I think it was four and a half years by the time we left, we, you could see that the quality of life and the, the work-life balance in the UK was just going more and more, just work, 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 work. And it was really a pretty poor quality of life, actually, because yeah. um, I- you'd, you'd work long hours, getting paid quite well, but the cost of living is very high. And you think at the end of the year is not an awful lot of time not an awful lot to show for it um and with a with a young family you think well, there's, there's got to be a better way and, and having lived in other countries yeah we knew that there are other ways to do it and that, i think that had given us a lot of the confidence to make that move if we hadn't lived elsewhere i think that might have been a bit more difficult so um rightly or wrongly we took the plunge came down here and um- Packed everything up.
0: Quality of life is, is, is nice here.
1: And the quality of life is infinitely better, much much better balance. You don't have things like commuting. Mm. Um, cost of living is, yeah, it's not as high as the UK, but then obviously the salaries are not as high. Yeah. Um, so it's it's a balance. Um, have you
0: regretted making that decision no, to come and live here?
1: No, no. I think you, whatever, the thing about living anywhere is uh, in order to help you try and settle somewhere in Um, even for a short period of time you've got to look at the similarities rather than the differences enjoy the differences such as they are but don't there's no point if you're going to go and live somewhere you take that decision there is no point in going to going somewhere and complaining about oh it's too hot or oh they don't have this or oh when we were uh, no no place is
0: going to be perfect you're you're
1: going to be you're going to be setting yourself up for a, a disappointing um a disappointment so um in terms of regrets no I, I don't don't have any regrets. You just accept things that as they are mm. and um you know it's if you make that decision to do something or move and live in another country that's that's it. you made the decision you just get on get with it get on
0: with it yes. I
1: think you know it's been very good for kids, very good for the kids yeah um they've got you know good extended family um with the grandparents and their and their cousins and so forth. Um, it's been nice for Anna for her to see her parents on a much more frequent basis, having been away for a long time. Know, quite a, quite a long time. So, hmm. um, yeah, it's it's been very good from from that point of view.
0: Hi, it's Hexal Garda from Fitness TMB. We work with men
1: and women over forty to get fit, lose fat, get energised, and develop a powerful mindset. You can accomplish this by implementing significant changes in your habits and routines, such as optimizing nutrition and mastering your sleep. I have created for the over 40s the RRE
0: method Recondition, Recharge, and Energize. It's a 13
1: week program that will enable you to find gratification in your fitness journey, as well as positively shifting your mindset and well being. You can get in touch at heck at fitnesstmb.com or visit fitnesstmb.com.
0: So, Edward, you're living in Jib. You had two more children, William and Isabella. Mm-hmm. So, your little family became a big family. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and they all went to school here, which they very much enjoyed. And then um, somewhere along the line, you discovered that your third son William was autistic. Yep. So, um, what what what's it like in Jib um, as a parent of an autistic child? How, what are the what are the, um, resources like?
1: Okay. Um, one of the things when we looked at coming to Jib was looking at schooling, particularly for for William, um, because at that stage he we'd had we'd had the the diagnosis. Um, Anna was very aware. Because uh, he'd missed several milestones, uh, mm. developmental milestones, and he was very floppy as a baby and so forth. But um, so uh, having that sort of um, provision for his education was was a very a really important part in our judgment about whether to stay or whether whether to come to here or stay in the uk and so forth and we met with angela lucas who was running st martin's at the time yeah um she met him she said look william but you know we've got very good provision here um he'd fit in really well and we thought we really liked the idea and the approach that st martin's took in terms of um easing people into the 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 normal curriculum Mm. and to be part of um part of a regular school but I I thought before we moved we we didn't have any guarantees or any any uh, any indications but I thought that he might start to, to move and do one or two mornings a week in mainstream school after a couple of years he started it within about I think within about six to eight weeks of arriving such that um as he as the the more exposed he got to that, I think it took about I think about eighteen months, maybe two years, before he went mainstream. Maybe no, it was a bit longer than that because um, he was he was going into St Joseph's. Um, but it got to the point that by the time he was at St Joseph's, going full time and stopped going to St Martin's, mm. that was critical because obviously the big change is going into the comprehensive at um, at Bayside, and because he'd established his. His own sort of uh, group of contacts and and felt comfortable with the workload and so forth within St Joseph's, who were excellent. Yeah, um, it was just sort of a, a pretty seamless transition into into Bayside. He still had the the you know going part of LSF and so forth, but it, it made things so much easier in terms of um, you know social groups and and yeah. um, and the academic load.
0: Do you feel the schools handled the you know handled him well and?
1: Yeah, I think Did. I think it was it was really good up until, and, and it's still very good for the educational side. I think where Gibraltar still needs development. And I think that's acknowledged by all, all the parties concerned. Is that once kids make that transition into adulthood, yeah, um, it's it's the joining up of not just the educational provision, but the the special needs and the health provision and the social services. Those those elements. Of of the services are not all joined up, um, for various reasons historically, um, and there's still some way to go, um, and and for young people who leave school um, with some um, some educational qualifications or in some cases none, um, no no desire or no ability to go to um, for further education. Um, there's very little structure provision for them to progress to be part of society. And, um, and I think that, that still needs some work. I mean, there are, there are some really excellent people who are doing some some really excellent work who've certainly helped William get to yeah. where he's been. I mean, he's, he's just finished his four-year anniversary where, with his employer.
0: I've seen, I saw a photo on Facebook the other day of him with a yeah. big cake in yeah. front of him. What's that all about?
1: Um, it was a, a new initiative that his employer came up with. Um, he's working in a, in a local restaurant up at Bistro Point, is enjoying it, but wants to do more, wants to do more cooking rather mm. than just a sort doing the prep work it's been difficult over the pandemic as it has been for many businesses um but they had this idea that um start about doing making making a cake and um for every serving they they make um they sell, they, they will give a, a, a contribution to Autism Support Gibraltar. And that's we thought, great. oh, that's a really great initiative. Yes. Uh, within within a day or two, um, they sold out a cake. <laughs> and
0: that, so, that's great. So, and what does what the cake like? Have you actually tried it? Uh,
1: well, he's having to make different cakes. He's only <laughs> that's been, good. bearing in mind, here we are on, you know, it's been less than a week since he started and he had a couple of days off. Um, but... Um, He was brought in for a double shift the following day to make more cakes, and I think they sold out of that. Um, I think it's been a great initiative. It's certainly been very good... Um, for him to yeah. get the adulation, because a lot of people have been commenting and being very positive with their with their support on Facebook. I think it's been good for the for the restaurant because I think more people have seen it, and hopefully I'll yeah. go up and and and, and um, you know go and go and have some cake and tea and whatever. Lovely
0: for him. I know how much he enjoys his cake.
1: Yeah, yeah, and he's a great, <laughs> great, great fan of cake. A great fan of cake. So yeah. it's been good. Um, but I think more than that, it's it's also hopefully going to encourage other employers to see the value of employing people with special needs they can be a real asset to your business they might not be as capable as other employers in certain areas but you know people with special needs and certainly kids on the autistic spectrum Mm. you know they have they have an ability to focus and and um just give their full attention to particular aspects um, which ordinary people would would just tire of in an instant. So um, there can be real assets to a business and I I hope that other local employers maybe look at that. It's not right for every business but you know for some businesses who haven't thought about it maybe maybe it'll turn a light on and um, they'll think well you know this is something we should look to do.
0: Okay so I've got two Final questions for you, Edward. Okay. One of them is: if you had a song that's that's been with you throughout your life, a tune, some sort of um, music that you know you've listened to that takes you to a, another place, is there is there anything at all? Any?
1: There are so many. Yeah. There are so so but not many. Not one
0: in particular. There are
1: there. so many songs, but it's it also it really depends on my mood. Right. You know, it's yeah. it's it's um, it's. <sighs> depending on what your mood is you sometimes if you're really fired up and you want to have some very strong you know rock music or whatever but sometimes you just want to chill and you might mm. want to have some very classical gen- gentle or- classical music or or whatever so I, there's no one particular song but so um,
0: you like a bit of everything
1: I'm I'm pretty eclectic in my taste and and not just sort of western music I I don't mind a bit of you know, um, a, a bit of K-Pops or...
0: Oh, um, God, yeah, yeah. are you actually admitting to K-Pop?
1: There's nothing wrong with k pop <laughs> It's great stuff. It's great. <laughs> J-Pops, J-Pops too, you know. Oh, J-Pops
0: yeah, too. I didn't yeah. know that was a thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, J-Pop came out of K-Pop. Oh, did it
0: really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I've learned something J- J-pop's, today.
1: Has, J-Pop's been around for a lot longer than K-Pop. <laughs> K-Pop was modelled on J-Pop, but oh. K-Pop has been much, much more successful in marketing yeah. itself outside of Korea or South Korea. Wow. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. There you go. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. And one last question. Three yeah. words to describe me.
1: <laughs> oh, god. Yeah. That's impossible.
0: Yeah, no, well.
1: Three words know. to describe. Yeah. Bubbly, committed and friendly.
0: Oh, well, it's been a pleasure to talk to you, to hear Likewise. about your life and to hear how you've moved around the world. Moving and around. yeah, I am look for, look forward to sampling some of your... Cooking soon.
1: And William's cake.
0: And William's cake, for sure.
1: Yeah. Thank you.
0: You've been listening to On the Sofa with Rouge, a series of talks where I talk to friends and family about all the interesting things they've been getting up to. A massive shout out to Charlie Hurst, my sound engineer, who's done an incredible job of putting this podcast together. His website is soundunit.co.uk, should you want to get in touch with him. And also a massive shout out to Beatrice Garcia, who's a very accomplished artist and who's beautifully designed the logo for this uh, icon for this podcast. And her website is Beatriz. Garcia.com. thanks a lot for listening please get in touch rougejib at gmail.com if you want to let me know uh, what you thought of my podcast and uh, how i could improve and please 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 tune in because more podcasts are being dropped all the time